0: Alright. Uh, hi, everyone. So good to see all of you. Uh, wow, that picture brought back so much memories, you know, the Malam Pentecostal. I was there in 2019. Um, so if you have, you have not been to a, a Padang rally, you must go. Just go and be part of it, you know. Uh, I know it says youth conference but I just want to invite all of us here are youth, right? We are youth at heart, so it's okay. Uh, so if you want to go, just go. You know, I remember 2019 when I was there, um, you know, we were part of the, I was part of the prayer team and I was praying along the corner, but I just somewhere in the middle of the, of the whole session during the prayer, I just felt that I just had to go right in the middle of the whole, whole 23,000 people um, in, the, in the whole Padang. And I tell you, in the middle, it was just, Oh, man, the presence of God was just amazing, and to see so many people just yearning and hungry for God, man, you will catch something in your spirit. You will never leave the place the same again, so uh, more is caught than thought, more is caught than felt, Uh, so come and be a part of it. It's going to be amazing. Next week, I thought I also want to say next week, uh, if you don't know what next week is, it's going to be a very special week, so please bring your mothers, all right? If you're a mother in this place, if you're a 2B mother, even if you're a wannabe mother, just come. All right. Uh, Bring your mothers as well. Bring your grandmothers as well. Uh, Come because we've got something really special for you. I don't want to spoil it, but more than something special, we want all the mothers to be blessed by the presence of God. We want to say you're beautiful and the peace of God will just come over all the mothers and to know that all the hard work of the early mornings and late nights and all the cookings and all the cleanings, you know, God sees what you do and God wants to bless you and God wants to give you His peace. So bring your mothers. It's going to be an amazing Mother's Day. All three services will be the same thing. It will be a Mother's Day celebration. Is that okay? Yeah? yeah? Um, I, I want to go to my sermon today. Um, it's a, it's a, a really good sermon today. <laughs> I want, no, I wanted to say I'm really excited about the sermon today, but I don't know why I said it's going to be a really good sermon today. Wow, so prasun, super prasun. <laughs> <laughs> This is what happens when you've got a very long week and, and I am very excited about the sermon today, but also I guess it's got to be a good sermon, right? Um, yeah, the sermon is prayer. We're going to talk about prayer. You know, we have power, don't cower. We really do have power, don't, uh, don't cower. And we're going to anchor it on Luke chapter 11 today, but before I go into, into my sermon, what I thought I want to do is I want to just say, you know, this is over. This just happened last weekend, our one camp. Right, all the young people. You know, I just just to show of hands who, who who was at one camp. If you're at one camp, just raise your hands. Oh, hey, wow, so many of you. Uh, welcome back to, uh, to church, I guess. Uh, to, from the ecstasy of camp, it was so good. For those who are not at one camp, how many of you are at here? There's a musical called The Sandborns. Did you enjoy it? Was it a good musical? It was, right? You know, I missed it. I caught it online, but it was nothing like being on site. I'm very sure it was such a good place. But One Camp, uh, I just want to, I just want to, just give me a three-minute praise report, just to, just to show everybody what happened uh, uh, at at One Camp. Uh, we. We yes, welcome to Service One. I was going to say, uh, welcome to Service One, all you One campers If you are visiting here, this is where we meet for service. If you are the first time here in SIBKL, this is where we meet for service. So this is Service One, uh, uh, and we're hoping uh, uh, we're going to get excited for God here in this service. But at the camp, we've got a uh, yeah, we've got 500. Uh, young people just being excited for God. Uh, I I love this picture because finally after six years, we got a fresh young camp picture of all the young people. Uh, They're excited for God. I don't know if Bernard Hughes is in the house, but I, I, I guess I adopted your son, Jaden for a little while. Uh, he wanted to take a picture with me. Thanks for borrowing your son. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's so good. But uh, what I really love is not just the campus students and not just the youth were there. I'm really so encouraged to see all the young ones are there. Look at that. There's Michaela in front. There's Jaden, there's, there's Ava. There's little baby Nathan. There's Pastor Aaron's uh, little baby. So just in case you have never seen Nathan, Nathan's right there. Uh, um, so he was at camp as well, and we had a blast of a time. I just want to share several praise reports, uh, several pictures to show. You know, um, I love this picture. Uh, out of all the pictures, I love these pictures of just people just really, you know, there's 500 people uh, in that you know, Trust me when I tell you, we didn't have a hall as big as this, all right? So we were sardined in that little hall. But I think nobody really bothered about being sardined. You know, yes, yes. Uh, nobody really bothered about being sardined because I think the presence of God was just strong and it fell. You know, some of the, uh, uh, I says, some of the testimonies that I, I really got, you know, at the camp, we were just praying for a revival spirit of the young generation, that the young generation would just catch on what it means to follow Jesus, what it means to love Jesus, what it means to be impacted and encountered by Jesus. Jesus, you know, some of the testimonies uh, 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 that I personally receive is that one or two were so drained, you know, after the MCO, you know, as a young person, as an older person, you know, when you're locked down in your house, you know, of course we're frustrated, but hey, you know, it's okay, it's sleeping is a good thing as an older person, right, at least for my life, right, thank you Jesus, I'm locked down, I can sleep a little bit more, but as a young person, you're full of energy, especially you're in campus, imagine that you sign up to be in university and you wanted to hang out with your friends and everything and you can't because you're lockdown at home, so you missed two to three years of your university life, and we're just saying, we're just tired, and we just don't know, you know, we just haven't encountered God for so long, we're just tired, and at the camp, as we prayed, right, somebody just told me that they really felt their whole chest was burning on fire, it was just hot, and it was, trust me when I tell you, I was so cold, it was gunting, it was raining, it was so cold, and this person just said, my chest was just on fire, and I just felt that the fire of God just dropped on me, and I felt just really ready to worship him all over again. And I'm on fire for him. And that's one of the things that just happened. And uh, just one more picture. What we did is we we had a circle prayer. So everybody just, several groups of people just gathering in the middle and young people just praying over them, prophesying over them, declaring life over them, speaking life over them. you know, just a few things that just happened is somebody told me, and I don't have pictures, I regretfully don't have pictures for this, but somebody told me that they came to camp with lesions, on their their skin. I don't know who you are. I mean, okay, fine, I know who you are, but we don't know who you are. Uh, But became lesions on your skin, right? Um, And then just during worship, during this prayer session, during this worship, God just healed her miraculously. The lesions just healed. and uh, yeah, and it was it was not even an altar call, it wasn't even at a sermon, it was just in worship. You see, when you're in the presence of God, when you're just caught up in worship and your heart is just full of the presence of God, God will do wonders and miracles in your life. You don't even have to have like a, an altar call by uh, Billy Graham or Reinhard Bonnke, it's just being in that presence and you will encounter God. So I really wanna thank, thank the church for releasing the young people. I wanna thank the council for, you know, helping us with the camp as well. And I I think everybody was blessed. I think the young people was blessed. Right, young people? Right? All right. Awesome. It's like, you're, like they're like, we're forced to say yes, but we're blessed anyways, right? <laughs> um, but my heart was touched as well. But before I go into my sermon, just one more thing. What we want to do in follow-up of our camp, uh, and especially only for this service, so don't tell the second service, don't tell the third service, just for this service, what we want to do in three weeks' time is we want to have our water baptism. Yeah, we want to have our water baptism because many people are excited to be water baptized and give their life to Christ. So it's going to be the first time, I think it's the first time in SIBKL, we want to have a water baptism at the same time as this service. So it's going to be right here. So, I, so I'm, gonna, I'm just going to take a glance at my, my, our general manager who's sitting right there. Whether we can have it here, I don't know. All right, this one I have to look at, our worship pastor and our general manager, but it most likely will be at the lobby, all right? So we're going to have cameras. It's an evangelistic event, so please bring your family. So those, if you, I'm going to open it only for this service. If you want to get baptized, if you haven't been baptized, if you want to follow Jesus, if you want to declare that I am a child of God and I'm proud to be a child of God, I'm proud to be following Jesus, I have nothing to hide anymore, come, sign up. This is our link, uh, uh, tiny.cc, S1WB, All right, S1Service1, Water Baptism, come and sign up. Um, We are only going to cap it at 30 people. Alright? So I wanted to say, let's baptize the whole church. Alright? No, then the team is like, no, 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 no. (laughs) Please don't do that, (laughs) alright? Logistically, we can't handle that. So we cap it to 30 people. So we're only going to baptize 30 people. So come first, come first, serve. Obviously, we're going to have a class for you, and then we're going to probably baptize you. We're going to have a worship. I don't know how we're going to do it, but uh, it's going to be great. Amen? We're excited, all right? So this is going to be the first time in this service. We're going to have a water baptism slash worship slash sermon slash encounter slash awesome time slash evangelistic. Bring your parents because we're going to serve some food for you as well, right? Bring your family to to, to church, okay? Yeah? All right? So if you're interested, take a picture and sign up, and then we would love to baptize you in three weeks' time. Amen. I want to now go into uh, my sermon. I, I will open up for all the call later because I really have a strong burden about prayer. I really, I, you know, I've grown to love prayer so much. You know, if you don't love prayer, you know, I want to, I just, well, my heart goes out to you. I've grown to love prayer so much um, because today, somehow out of all the Sundays, uh, is, we fell on Luke 11. And Luke 11 is the model of Jesus' prayer, right? The Lord's prayer. So how many of us know the Lord's prayer by heart? I, I memorized it as a child. We know, Yep. okay, good. Well, there's about 60% of us. I memorized the King James Version uh, Lord's Prayer because I was young, I was brought up in a Christian family. King James Version is what we know. Um, So I'm going to say, what do you say with me? Is that okay? Let's repeat the Lord's Prayer. There's no scripture, but you should know the Lord's Prayer. One, two, three. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive the sins of those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, now and forevermore. Amen. Amen. You did well. Awesome. You guys are amazing. So you guys know the Lord's Prayer. I guess that's the end of the sermon. Uh, Thank you very much. (laughs) You know, there's so much to talk about in the Lord's Prayer, there's really so much. This is like a sermon series in itself. We're going to have like 11 weeks and breaking down every sentence of the Lord's Prayer. But today, I want to talk about the seven tenets of prayer. If you're asking yourself, if if you're here and you're asking yourself, how do we pray? How do we use the Lord's Prayer in prayer? What are the fundamentals and the basic foundation of the Lord's Prayer? And I want to give you the seven tenets of prayer. And if you follow these seven tenets, you will build your prayer life, and you'll get stronger and stronger as a Christian. So let's read it together first. Uh, It's only going to be four verses, and then I'm going to go into it, and I want to go a little faster, because I think time is chasing me today. Can we read it together? One, two, three. Now it came to pass, as he was praying in a certain place, when he sees that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, from the evil one. I think this is a, it's a very interesting uh, 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 passage about uh, prayer. So today I wanna go into the seven tenets of prayer. What, I'm gonna break down the Lord's Prayer into every sentence, and I wanna give you what it means, uh, uh, each sentence. What, what is our posture when we pray? And I really wanna hope that you, you, you're, you're inspired a little bit more to pray, because at the end of the day, you know why as Christians we talk about prayer so much? Do you know that prayer is the weapon of our warfare? Do you know that prayer is the strength of our discipleship? It's really prayer. You know, as Christians, we're not told to take up a sword and fight a physical fight. We're not told to fight our enemies with words. We're not told to win the battle by, I don't know, uh, 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 going to war, actual war. We're not. As Christians, we are told that we're fighting a spiritual battle. And prayer is the weapon of our warfare. So if you're going through a hard time, pray. If you're going through a stressful time, pray. If you're going through a a, a sick time, pray. If you're going through a difficult family time, pray. If you are just so worried for your child, pray. Right? You know, um, before I even start, do you know, um, eight years ago, nine, ten years ago, believe me if I tell you, five minutes of prayer is really long. Okay, maybe it's eleven years ago. This is 2023. Um, five minutes of prayer to me was really—I I thought I—I I thought I needed a gold medal for five minutes. I hit it five minutes. Somebody should have anointed me with a gold medal and a crown of glory because five minutes was me. This is my tarrying in prayer, Jesus. i was the watchman on the wall. Five minutes on that wall. Thank you, Jesus. That's how much I'll give you. Um, but as I grew older and I matured in my faith, I tell you now, i, I love prayer so much because I, you know, i, I can't do anything without prayer. The camp couldn't happen without prayer. This service can't happen without prayer. My family life can't happen without prayer. And why am I so convicted about this? It's because now, I can tell you honestly, when I go into my personal prayer closet, when I have that time to have a personal prayer closet, that's when, when I was, okay, when I was single and had a lot more time without the two kids in my life, right, I had a lot of, I, I, time is on my hands, right, I could pray for three hours, and I wouldn't forget that three hours just happened. I would just forget, I would just be lost in prayer. And then I would always ask myself, how is it that I moved from five minutes to three hours and I didn't even realize it's three hours? And prayer alters now, one and a half hours is like the tip of the iceberg. It's like the introduction of prayer. We haven't even gone into the deeper waters, right? And I followed these seven tenets of prayer. And it really helped me in my life and I hope it blesses you. Let's go through the seven tenets of prayer. Number one. Where is it? Okay, number one. Every prayer must always start with an element of reverence. It always have to have a reverence in your prayer. Because at the end of the day when we go to God and says God this is my checklist God, this is my to-do list. God, this is my prayer list. God, this is my problems. That That is okay, fine, yes, yes, you're talking to God, I give you that. You're having a communication with God, but at the end of the day, when you love prayer, and when you wanna go into prayer, and you forget your problems, and you forget your worries, because Jesus says, worry not, all right, because I am with you. How do you worry not? This is the most important element. You forget everything I say today, all the seven tenets, you forget the rest of the six, you must remember this, the reverence in prayer. Do you know at camp, I was so convicted by God at camp, I wanted to do a lot of things at camp. I wanted to talk about a lot of things in the Bible about camp, but I was super convicted by God to says, let's talk about the fear of God. Because at the end of the day, when we come out of the pandemic, do we all revere God? That is a big question. Do we all give Him the respect that He deserves? That's another big question. Do we all fear God? Do you know what the fear of the Lord is? Do you know, I was just telling the camp, at the end of the day, when you are filled with the Spirit of God, when you are filled with the Spirit, we always think, when I'm filled with the Spirit, I need to speak in tongues. I don't think I'm going to say this tomorrow. I'll say this today. Um, When I'm filled with the Spirit, I need to speak in tongues. I need to have words of knowledge. I need to have uh, words of prophecy. Now, these are good. These are gifts that God will give you. These are good gifts. But when you're filled with the Spirit, how do you know in your own character that God is changing you? that God is molding you to be more like Him. How do you know? It is not by the gifts that God has given you. You can practice all the gifts you want, but your character don't change. You know, you get what I'm saying? I could give you, I could give my children gifts all they want, sweets every day, but their character won't change because gifts don't change you. What changes you? Isaiah 11, the sevenfold spirit of God. And in the seventh spirit, what's the seventh spirit? You must know this, Isaiah 11. I'm excited talking about this. I wish I would talking about a fear of God today. I'm not. What's the seventh one? The spirit of the fear of the Lord. When you know you are excited for the things of God, when you are burning for the things of God, when you are happy, when you're joyful, when your depression has left you, anger has left you, unforgiveness has left you, and you come into God's sanctuary, and when you are filled with the Spirit, you automatically have the fear of God because the Spirit of God will bring with it the reverential fear of the Lord. When you want to sin, You can't because the Spirit says, no, fear the Lord. When you want to do something you shouldn't do, the Spirit says, no, fear the Lord. And that is why it's so important to be baptized in the Spirit, to be moving in the Spirit, because the Spirit will keep you in the fear of God. And that is why when Jesus said to the disciples, this is how you pray, the first line is you have to revere God. Do you know that reverence of God does not come easy? It really doesn't come easy. When you have had a full week, when you've had a stressful week, when you have had a pressured week, you know, so many things have happened happening, and you're, you're problem-solving all the time and everybody's whining and everybody has problems and you had a, oh, it's just a full week and then you go into your prayer closet and you talk to God, I guarantee you, it's very difficult to say, God, you are a sovereign God. You are in control when everything else is out of control. God, you know, you are a good God when everything bad has happened to you. It's difficult. It's difficult to start that way. But it is the most important to start that way. Because at the end of the day, when you come to God in prayer, God says the first thing you always focus on is never going to be about what your flesh wants, your desires. It's not going to be about the problems you have. It is not going to be about how big your problem is, how big this mountain is. But when you go into your prayer closet at your prayer time or corporate prayer, when you start to exalt God and revere God, I guarantee you, you cannot stop because your problems will just melt away. You know, in my life, this whole year, I've got a lot of things to do. I've got a lot of problems on my hands as well to solve. And every time after the week is done, I will go into my little prayer closet in my own little time that nobody knows about. I shouldn't tell my kids because they bug me, right? So nobody knows about when I do it. Usually after the shower. All right, that's when my kids are not with me. Uh, In my own prayer time, I always say, God, you are a big God. You are a good God. God, you are in control. I can be out of control, my life can be out of control because I know I serve a God who is in control, a God who knows the plans for me, a God who is beyond time, a God who is the beginning and the end. I know, Lord Jesus Christ, you are so big that you created my life, not for me to be overwhelmed with life, but for me to be overwhelmed by you, God, because you are an almighty savior. You are a big God, you are a marvelous God. You are so good that you came and died for me. You're so good that you shed your blood for me, yada yada, on and on and on on and on, and I can go on for an hour, and I know you can go on for an hour. Because at the end of the day, we need to teach our heart to reveal who God is. We don't treat Him as anything else. When you come in here, you're not coming in here to watch a movie. That's different. You have no popcorns. You don't put slippers and everything. Not, it's not, this is not movie time. This is a reverential fear of God time that when the presence of God comes into this place, in the Old Testament, when the cloud of glory comes, nobody moves, everybody is still with their face flat on the floor. That is what it means to revere God. And until we say, our Father in heaven, holy is your name. Your holiness is what I revere. You know, last week on Sunday, we heard the sermon by Pastor Edmund, that if you say that he's a holy God, what does that mean? That means his love is holy. His grace is holy. His mercy is holy. His scripture is holy. His laws are holy. His rules over your life is holy. His commandments over your life is a holy commandment that we are to revere and to respect. And that's why we start our prayer with our Father, hallowed be thy name. So I, right now I want to beckon. If you don't, if you haven't started your prayer life that way, start today. It's a good day to start. It's a good day to start. and if you don't know what to say, God, how do I revere you? At the end of my sermon, I'll teach you how. How do I revere you, God? Because it doesn't come naturally, I know. I took years for me to train to be where I am right now, and I've got years to go. But until we learn how to revere God, everything else is second in nature. Do we revere God, church? Do we fear God? When we come into His presence in worship, Do we go? do we have a sense of the bigness of God in our lives? Oh, we go uh, worship is worship lah. It's good, it's good. No, it's how big my God is compared to me. And God, I worship a big God, a marvelous God. You are in control over everything. I'm not, and I can surrender my life to you. I give you my life. I give it all. I should not have any worries because you told me not to worry because you care for me. I give my cares unto you because you care for me. I cast my burdens unto you because you care for me. Amen, church. We revere God, second tenet. Once we have revered God, and that can take you quite some time, once you have revered God, once you have given Him that holiness and that glory, second of all, we need to then proclaim our allegiance to God. One, it's one thing to say, God, you're good, you're good. you're good. It's, you know, it's one thing to say, for example, I think I'm, I'm married, obviously, you know. It's one thing to say, oh, I love my wife, she's so good, she's most beautiful, she's, oh, she's, she's, she's the beginning and the end, Alpha and Omega. <laughs> <laughs> it's one thing to say that, right? But it's another thing to say, is, will you marry me? Now I want to be committed to you. This is allegiance. To say, you can revere him all you want. But now he says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That is language of allegiance, not my will, because we want a lot of things, don't we? We want, we want all of, a lot of things in life. But at the end of the day, when we come into prayer, we don't pray our will be done. We pray, God, what is your will? And that's why in prayer, it's so important to always ask, God, what is your will? Do you know there was a period of my life for about four years when I prayed this prayer every day, I, I changed the wordings a little bit. And you can use it as a template. I changed it. I says, your kingdom come in my life. Your will be done in my life as it is in heaven. So I, 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 I know we have to pray for the world, but God, change me first. What is your will for my life? I want to be fully submissive to your will in my life. And until I can submit to you in my life, I, submitting to church is another matter. Submitting to my wife is another matter. Submitting to my own parents is another matter. Until I can resolve that submission in my life over your will for me, everything else is secondary. And I tell you, when I prayed that, and, and, and God has really brought me into, uh, I wish I had time to tell you more stories of my life. When God says, you prayed that story, that prayer, you want my will to be your will as well, all right? And He will test you, and He will bring you into trials, and He will bring you to testing, and He will help you. He will guide you, and then it overflows into everything. And then submission to church authority became very easy for me. Submission to my wife when she asked me to do a lot of things in my life. is very easy for me, right? Yes, she's like, yes, yes. <laughs> so, you know, at the end of the day, even submitting to my son, Because God says, submit to one another, right, in Ephesians. Submitting to my son sometimes becomes easy. When my son says, Daddy, I want this, I want this. As parents, we go, no, no, no. But sometimes we go, okay, that's what you want, okay. And my relationships in my life start to get a little bit better. Allegiance. Where is your allegiance? So allegiance will always overflow from reverence. If you can't revere and respect God, it will be very hard to align with God. So until you fear him, revere him, and respect him, and give him the honor that he deserves, then you say, I will align myself with you. What you want, I want. What you say, I say. Where you go, I go. And it all boils down to reverence. The third tenet, you pray for sustenance. Give us this day our daily bread. I want to move on to this point really quickly. But at the end of the day, we need to be sustained in our fight. We need to have sustenance in our battles. We need to have sustenance in our, in our, in our spiritual wars that we fight. We need to have sustenance. And the sustenance is not the Megimi, or the Chakwitiyao, or the Kaifan. That's not the, that's not the sustenance that we're talking about. We're talking about the bread. The Word of God, the Scripture that gives you that, that extra oomph to go where you want to go, and Scripture will come alive. When you revere Him, I guarantee you, when you say how big your God is, when you read Scripture, you will see it in a whole different eyes and a whole different lens. I guarantee you, you must try it, because you will never see, you know, even a simple Scripture like, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in one. That sentence alone, you will be surprised when you revere Him. What does that mean? If the shepherd is not always a good shepherd, that always, you know, like I like, like, like pat you on the head, a shepherd is also a shepherd that disciplines, a shepherd is also a shepherd that guides, a shepherd is also a shepherd that leads, that word alone has so many things, and until you revere him, he will give you your sustenance. And we all need sustenance for the fight. And that is why sometimes we feel dry as a Christian. Sometimes we feel tired as a Christian. Sometimes we feel discouraged as a Christian. God, I'm, I'm so tired of doing this church thing again and again. And I, and I want to encourage you today, if you are dry, you are tired, maybe you need sustenance. You see, on this earth even, when I'm dry and I'm tired, I'm hangry, right? I'm what? Hungry, angry, hangry, right? So I need to eat something, I need to eat some food, and for, me, for, for Kim, uh, the go-to food, I don't know, fried chicken, maybe, right? Yes, that's 100%. She's laughing, it means yes, 100%, I got it right, all right? Good husband. Good um, husband. For me, my sustenance is give me a dessert. I mean, the one campus knows this. Give me a slice of cake. I'll be very happy with you. (laughs) That's my sustenance. And it really revives me. And the Word of God will do the same for your spiritual life. So that's the answer to your dryness. That's the answer to your tiredness. That's the third one. You want to go to the fourth? Now I know half of you are thinking, how many... How many uns can I have this? Because there's seven tenets. So far, I have reverence, allegiance, sustenance, and you're wondering, what are the other uns that I'm going to reveal? Oh, I will get there. All right. Third, you need to have evidence. Right? As Christians, as, as, as armies of God, I need to, the commander-in-chief need to know, are you really loyal to me? Are you going to obey me or not? So we need to have evidence of our faith. What is the evidence? And the strongest evidence, perhaps the most difficult evidence, is forgive one another. That's tough. It's tough. Forgiveness is tough because offense will sit in your heart and it will grow into a very bitter root. And it's the toughest thing to let go of, forgiveness. When somebody offends you and that person says, I will never say sorry to you because you are wrong and I am not wrong, and you have to forgive and the moment you do, you are a Christian and you are a follower of Christ because it is not in our fleshly nature to forgive. It is only when the Spirit moves within us, within us that we can forgive. You know, I'm not the most forgiving of persons in the past, okay? Now I'm super forgiving. <laughs> I'm not the most forgiving person in the past. But do you know that in, through prayer, it's only prayer that I had my breakthrough. That I go, Father God, I'm, I'm still angry at this person. 15 years ago, you know, you say this about me. 15 years ago, trust me. I'm that kind of guy. 15 years ago, I'm still holding it. No? I still have a grudge, right? And God says, release. Be free in the walk of your, of your Christian life, in your following Jesus. And it is only through the Spirit of God that I, say, I can release it in my heart. Father God, I forgive. I release it all onto you. And God says, when you, have, you freely forgive, you are also freely forgiven. And you will have the peace in your life. So the evidence of your faith is how much you can let go and love someone else. And you will feel that love and forgiveness by God. I wanna go on to the next, the fifth one. Can you, anybody wanna guess? What's the fifth one? Deliverance. We all need deliverance. Because, all right, maybe there's, okay, I don't think we're oppressed. I, I mean, I don't think we are possessed, okay? None of us are possessed, all right? That's for the movies, all right? And for Pastor Gilbert to handle. Uh, <laughs> that's what, I think a lot of us are going through a lot of things, right? When you have the spirit of bitterness, don't you think you need deliverance? When you have the spirit of unforgiveness, don't you think you need deliverance? When you have the spirit of uh, whatever it may be, addiction, don't you think you need deliverance? Because sometimes, you you know, it's demonic. The spirit of addiction is demonic when it grips you, when it can't let you go, and you can't get over your sin for the last six years. God, I tried, I tried, I can't. You need deliverance. And God says, and do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Deliver us. Um, let me see what's, what's next, because ah, I have something I want to say tomorrow that I don't have time to say today. Okay, let me go into it. Deliverance. Let me go into this scripture. Do you know that the Lord's prayer does not end in, in verse four? I don't, I didn't, it's too much for me to put up on the slides, but it starts in verse 14. And it ends in verse 28 as well. So you go back and read it because it, Jesus, in the book of Luke, it automatically goes to Jesus versus Beelzebub the, or, or Satan, all right? And I, let me cut short the story for you. It says this, Jesus was driving out a demon that was mute. When the demon had left, the man who had been mute spoke and the crowd was amazed. So cut the long story short. Jesus was casting out a demon All right, and says, be gone. And the demon was causing this man to be mute. The mute man spoke, and everybody was amazed. And then everybody accused Jesus, is this from God, is he from God, or is he a stronger demon, Satan? And then Jesus said, if I'm a stronger demon, a house divided against itself will never stand. How can you accuse me of being a stronger demon because a demon will never go against another demon because we are united in one kingdom against the other kingdom? So God says, by the finger of God, I represent God to deliver this man from uh, uh, this evil spirit. And God says, I am not from the enemy, I am God himself. Then this verse he says, very important, and I wanna go through this. Verse 23 says, he who is not with me is against me, and he who does not gather with me scatters. The importance of prayer is to always align yourself with Jesus. Because Jesus, there is no lukewarm Christian in in the kingdom. Let me tell you this. You are either hot or you're cold. You're both extremes. And God is saying to you, pick a side. And I'm asking you to pick Jesus aside. Because there's no neutrality. The scripture goes on to say, When if you claim to be neutral, I don't want to pick the light, neither do I want to pick the dark, and I want to stand in the middle. The verse goes on to say, if that house is empty, when the demon is driven out from the man, and his house is empty, that demon will bring seven evil friends and reside in him again, and this guy will be worse than he left off. What does that mean? If you claim to have emptiness, which means that you claim to be a neutral party, you want to be Switzerland all the time, you don't want to support Jesus, neither do you want to support the devil, if you are claimed to be Switzerland, he says, God says, no, when you are an empty house, there will be seven other greater demons that will come into your life and you will be worse off than you were before. There is no neutrality in the kingdom of God. You are with me or you are against me. And Jesus says, if you are with me, I will deliver you. I will help you. You know, in this day and age, it's very important to understand this, you see, because what struck me is this, verse 14. Jesus was driving out a demon that was mute. How many of us know that demons can cause you to be mute, which means you can't speak, or you can't hear, or you can't see, you know, blindness could be, not all blindness are demonic, okay, please, (laughs) right? This is deliverance blindness can cause you to be uh, 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 blind in the flesh. Do you know why this is important when you pray for deliverance? Because at the end of the day, as Christians, we need to know the spiritual forces that governs the world at this time. There are always seasons for evil forces all over the globe. What do you think is the, the spirit, the prince of the air over Earth now that we're fighting against? There are many speculations, but I give you my speculation, OK? I give you my understanding. I think it's a spirit of division and a spirit of confusion. I really do think so. The spirit of division and a spirit of confusion. Why do I say? the spirit of division. You see, in the, in the 1980s, 1970s, if you, study, if you study global trends, I believe it's the spirit of sexuality that, 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 that started the whole porn thing, right? That, that, that started the whole movement, okay, that's another, that's another topic, don't, don't be scared. Um, but in this day and age, why the spirit of division? Look at all the countries around the world. How many riots in every country has been happening? Even Israel is in riot for the last 12 weeks, 14 weeks, Israel is in riot, France is in riot. Out of all the countries, Britain is in riot, America is in riot, you know, you know, except China, in a little bits and pieces here, also riot a little bit, you know, a little, a little spark over there, if you remember, South America is in riot. Every country is writing against one another. There is a division between the far left and the far right, and everybody, even in the church, there is a lot of divisions over the far left and, and the far right, and we're fighting. What is the spirit of confusion? Everything fake. Now, AI comes around, and when AI comes around, you would have fake videos, you have fake news, you would have fake everything, and you're confused. What is real and what is not real? And until you know the truth of God, you will not be able to tell what is real and what is not real anymore. And if that is the spirit that is coming in, 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 in into the world, I always say, that is why, in my heart, I know one camp is one. Why, because in the book of Ephesians, it says, do everything in your power to protect the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. You see, oneness in the spirit, oneness in the church, even though we have different genders, different age group, different uh, 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 status, different strata of life, but the moment we are united and one in one accord, do you already not know that we are defeating the devil and the enemies and the principalities of the air because we are united with one another? You see, it's not a common spirit to be united. It's easier for me to be against you than it is for me to be for you. It is easier for me to criticize you than it is for me to encourage you. It is easier. But the fact that we are united, the fact that the young ones are here, the youth and the campus students and the young adults and the young families and the adults and maybe the retirees are also here, I don't know, but the fact that we can all be here worshiping one God, it's already testament that we are defeating the principalities of the air just because we are united. We are one. Amen? Amen? And that is why the importance of prayer. And that's why we need to keep praying to guard the unity of the church above all else. Do not let dissension come between us. In your families, don't let dissension come and split your family up. Always pray against it. Deliverance is very, very important. I've got a sixth point. But this sixth point, which is persistence, I don't have time to go in today. But you, but you have to come back tomorrow. I want to talk about persistence a lot more because there are six verses dedicated to persistence. And I, I, don't, I will not do it justice to do it in two minutes because I want to explain to you, what does it mean by ask and it will be given? What does it mean by knock and the door will be opened unto you? Which means that I ask anything also will be given one As long as I'm persistent, big question mark, come back tomorrow, I'll explain it. But persistence is a tenet of prayer as well. Your tenacity and your perseverance in prayer. But I want to end today with this. The last tenet, the seventh tenet, obedience. Obedience. How do you know you are working in your prayer life? How do you know that your prayer life is changing you? How do you know that you're, oh, you're becoming more like Jesus? See, here it says, right after Jesus said, A house divided against itself will never stand. I am not Satan. I am from God, and with the finger of God, I deliver man. And then it says, verse 27, As he spoke these things, that a certain woman from the crowd raised her voice and said to him, Blessed is the womb that bore you and the breast which nursed you. In other words, bless your mother because you're so wise. Bless your father because you're so good. Bless you because you're so handsome, because you're so intelligent. Bless you because the words of your, you know, your mouth are so eloquent in your speech. Bless you, bless you. Jesus never rebuked her, just so you know. Jesus says, good, so blessing the family is good. Blessing your mother is good. Blessing your parents is good. It's like receiving compliments and praise is good, but Jesus said this, verse 28, but he said, more than that, blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. And with this verse 28, it ends the tenets of prayer because the most important part of your prayer life is obedience. If you cannot obey, then you revere, is just a lip service unto God. I can tell you, I love 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 you, but the moment you ask me to do something, I don't want to obey you. Who wants to be in that kind of marriage, right? Who wants to be in that kind of relationship, right? right? You can say, I'm lying to you. Oh, your will is my will, I will, I will. you say go, I go. But then when he says, let's go now, he says, not really, let's, let's take our time. You don't obey. At the end of the day, who wants to be in that marriage? Who wants to be in that kind of relationship? Nobody. The test of your prayer life and the change of your following Jesus Christ always starts and ends with obedience. You have to obey. When God says, go, you say, I will go. Obedience is what makes you blessed because Jesus said it many times, blessed are those who hear the Word of God and keep it, and keep it. Obedience. I actually have one more which is the most important above second to reverence. How do you start your prayer life? I want to end with this today. How do you kickstart your prayer life? How do you go from zero to hero? How do you go from five minutes to three hours? How do you go? How do you love to talk to Jesus and pray? How do you go? I believe it's another uns. I teach you a new word today. Appetence. You go from hero to zero with your appetite. What is appetence? Appetence is it, it's a word that says it's your longing, your desire, your thirst, your hunger to do something. So if I were to say to you, you know, uh, come to service one, oh, come, coming to service one is the appetence of my life. It means it's the desire of my life. It is the longing of my life. It is the fulfillment of my life. And where do I get Appetence, the 8th, the secret 8th one? It's here at the start of Luke 11. It says, one day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When He finished, one of His his disciples said to Him, the key is the one of His disciples said to Him, what did He say? He says, Lord, teach us how to pray. That is Appetence. That is desire. That is longing. That is hunger. Teach us. How many of us have ever prayed? Lord, teach me how to pray. Teach me how to pray. How many of us ever says, Lord, teach me how to do my work? How many of us pray? You're like, okay, not really fair because in my line of duty, every time I preach, I would say, God, teach me how to preach. You know, So I can't compare your job with my job. right? Uh, so that's not really fair. But how many of us always say, God, teach me how to be a good parent. That's my cry in my heart every day. Oh, how to be a good prayer and teach me because I don't know how to teach me. You need to have aptitude. See, the disciples says, this chapter 11 will never exist if the disciples never asked Jesus. It will never exist. But they did. They said, Lord, teach me how to pray. It starts from there. It starts, your prayer life starts from your deep desire and hunger to want to communicate with Jesus. So I ask, do you want to have wisdom in your life? We always say yes. Do you want to be blessed? Yes. Do we want to have healing? Yes. Do we want to have knowledge? Yes. Do we want to have the will? Do we want to know the will of God? Yes. Do we want to prophesy in the name of Jesus? Yes, 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 yes to all. Then I ask you, If you want all those things, it starts at one place. Your appetite and your desire and your hunger to communicate and to be one with Jesus, to be one with the Holy Spirit, to be one with Father God, and to say, God, I am one with You, and I want to learn from You. Will You teach me? Will You bring me deeper? Will You show me how to pray? Will You show me how to open up my mouth? What started for me, and I didn't know this until recently, was that I remembered I asked Jesus in one point of my life, I said, God, I, I don't know how to do it, but I need you to teach me, teach me, show me. And slowly, year after year, he showed himself to me. And it could come as my quiet time with him, and he showed me a little bit more of himself. It could come that way. And sometimes it just comes by going to a prayer training. All right, go to a prayer training and they train you how to pray. And it comes that way and that's okay. And God says, see, this is the steps to pray. Sometimes it comes to a service and then this is the seven tenets of prayer. You follow it step by step in your prayer life. You revere God, you are aligned to God, you are, you are sustained by God, you have evidence of God, you are delivered by God, uh, you, have, you are persisting to God and you're obedient to God and that's how you get your appetites to God, your hunger and your desire for God. It can come that way. So today I just want to say, my hunger, my long for the church of God is to love prayer. Because loving prayer is tough. Praying is tough, but praying brings you joy. I don't know how many times in my life when I was at the peak of my pressure and stress, I just go to God and pray. And then God just takes it all away. And God says, just be with me, son. And I will, and I will show you the heart of the Father you know that I have trouble sleeping at night because I'm such a planner and I just I like to get everything together. I have so much on my mind. So hard to sleep for me. And everybody's trying to help me, I know. But the best the best antidote of 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 sleeplessness is not my prayer. It's my wife's prayer. It's the truth. She said one day to me, hey, let's pray before you sleep, because you can't sleep. Let's just pray. And I said, okay, okay, let's pray. So I prayed. You know, and I, did, I didn't want to tarry in prayer because the moment I tarry in prayer, I can't sleep until 4, 4 a.m. That's just me, all right? So I, just, I don't want to tarry in prayer. So I just say, thank you, Jesus. Um, please help me sleep. Please help me sleep. Thank you, Jesus. I'm still awake, right? And she starts opening her mouth and she starts praying. And the lullaby, the sweetness of her voice, the, the lullaby of my wife, and she always, she always says, hey, you fell asleep halfway through my prayer. Thank you, Jesus for my wife. That's the sweetness of prayer. Sweetness of prayer. So today, when I close this service, I actually want to invite the pastors up front. Because I want to invite the pastors to anoint you in prayer. It's not going to be a a prayer over you. There's no words of prophecy. There's no words of knowledge or words of wisdom. But a pastor will just anoint you and say a simple prayer. Lord, teach us how to pray say together with the pastors and then you can go, go back and and the worship song will play and in your seats, just revere God. Don't do all the seven or the eight, just revere God. Can you do that? So I want to invite, it's an invitation for you to come up front. If you've been convinced that you want to go deeper in your prayer life, just come up front and the pastors will anoint you with a simple prayer, Lord, teach us how to pray, teach me how to pray. And then once you've been anointed, I invite you to go back to your seats. And then you start to reveal God in your own time, in your own tongue. And start to say, God, I teach me how to pray. Teach me how to pray. I want to go deeper with you. I want to go deeper in you. Is that okay, church? So it's, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Why don't we all just take another two minutes If you can pray in tongues, just edify your spirit right now. Just start praying in tongues. Just start revering God right now, wherever you are. Give God the glory right now. Let all your worries fade away. Give God the glory right now. Suriyada ba shada ba 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 ba. Suriyada ba yada ba ba yada ba Yes, God, consuming fire, consumous God today. Shada ba 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 ba. Sakariyada ba thank you jesus thank you jesus what a good god you are shakara oh what a good god you are what a good god you are if you haven't received your anointing and you want to you can come up to the front right now and to any pastor and they will just anoint you very quickly Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let's keep on going for another 30 seconds. Just pray. Just revere him. Just tell him how good he is. Tell him how much you love him. Tell him how much he's a good God and an almighty father. That he's a good father over your life. He's a perfect father who wants to re-father you. Thank you Jesus sarabashiri erebebebebe suriyarababa baba erebebebe Thank you Jesus sakariarabashiri oh, erebebebebe yo oh consuming fire fan into flame a passion for your name spirit of God would you fall in this place Lord have your way Lord have your one more time and consuming fire fan into flame a passion for your name spirit all in this place. Lord, have your way. Lord, have your way with us. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I just want to pray for all of us here. Father God, I pray, Father Lord Jesus, that the Spirit of God will just fall upon you. I pray, Father God, that the Spirit of God will just fall upon this church. That Lord Jesus Christ, this house, as I killed, will always be a house of prayer, Father Lord God. We will always be a praying church. We will always be disciples and followers of Jesus Christ that will have a relationship and a communication with God the Father. So right now, Father Lord Jesus, we give you that praise. We want to revere you in this place. We want to says, God, you are a big God. You are our God. You are our Father. You are a good Father. You are a Father that loves me. You are a Father that loves the church. You are a Father that would give your good gifts to your church, Father God. That your heart is to bless. Your heart is to release your favour and release your blessing upon your children, Father God. And Lord children, the responses of our children is to obey you, to revere you, to be aligned with you, Father God. So we thank you, Lord Jesus, that today onwards, Father God, everybody who hear this message, the spark of prayer will be in your life that you will be alive in prayer, that you will be alive and joyful in prayer, and you will pray for your own breakthrough. There will be breakthroughs in your life because you are praying. There will be breakthroughs in your family because you are praying for your family. There will be breakthroughs in your work because you are praying for your work. So we thank you, God, that you are a big God. We thank you, Lord, that we love you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. Amen. God is good. Thank you, church. God bless you. If you're new here, come and say hello to us at the Connect counter. We would love to get to know you. Otherwise, have a great weekend. God bless you. Keep praying. Thank you. Thank you.